Welcome to it. It is SAFM Sports Wrap on a Friday evening. The weekend is upon us. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. And thank you, too, to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again on your radio on Monday. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll be chatting World Cup crickets. And then there were five, uh, only five teams left in the tournament. One quarterfinal still to come. That between New Zealand and the West Indies tomorrow. And uh, we'll chat to Sias Duplessis, SABC TV uh, anchor, to find out uh, a little bit what are his thoughts of the previous three quarterfinals. Natalie Germanis will wrap things up for us as well from today's uh, quarterfinal. Jeff Ayliff will join us to chat about the Absa Cape Epic. And we'll also chat to Lions uh, rugby president Kevin de Clark about uh, their fabulous win down under today. So that's all coming up between now and 7 o'clock. Before that, though, let's take a look at uh, stories making news headlines. Australia booked their spot in the semi-finals of the 2015 ICC Cricket World Cup today. The co-hosts overcame Pakistan in Adelaide by six wickets. They were made to work hard for the win, though. Natalie Jamanis will have uh, a full wrap for us in just a moment. The Pakistan ladies cricket team have wrapped up their three-match T20 series with one to play against the South African women's team with a six-wicket win in Sharjah today. The third and final match takes place on Sunday. South Africa won that ODI series 2-1. In the Sunfoil series, three matches taking place today. The Lions up against the Dolphins. The Lions in a bit of trouble. They 229 for 8 in their first innings. They still trail uh, the Lions by 166. The Cobras up against the Titans. Cobras batting first. Their 484 is what they posted at Willamore Park in Benoni. The Titans in reply 21 for the loss of 1 at Stump. Still trailing by 463 runs. And in the third match at Buffalo Park in East London, the Knights up against the Warriors at Buffalo Park. The Knights batting first day yesterday, 223 all out. They then dismissed the Warriors for 145 and are currently six for the loss of one in their second inning. So that's a lead of 84. So effectively 84 for one in a very low scoring match there. I've got a funny feeling that one might be over tomorrow. Looking at some rugby news in Super Rugby, the Emirates Lions picked up their second win of their Australasian tour when they beat the Melbourne Rebels by 20 points to 16 this morning. A try from centre Lionel Mapu in the 78th minute sealed the victory for the visitors as the Lions fought back from 13-0 down to win the match at the AAMI Park. This morning's other fixtures saw the Hurricanes down the Highlanders by 20 points to 13. Tomorrow, the Crusaders host the Toyota Cheetahs. The Vodacom Bulls come up against the Force at home and the Celsi Sharks welcome the Chiefs. Sunday, the Waratahs up against the Brumbies. Saru announced this morning that the South African leg of the World Rugby 7 Series will now be hosted by Cape Town. The South African leg of the series, which was previously held in Port Elizabeth at the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium, will be played at the Cape Town Stadium for the next four years, starting this December. On to football news. Nedbank Cup defending champions Orlando Pirates have vowed that they'll do all they can to overcome Super Sports United when they meet in the Nedbank Cup round of 16 at the Peter Macaba Stadium tomorrow. The clash between the two sides promises to be nothing short of a thriller as both teams harbour hopes of adding the prestigious Nedbank Cup to their trophy cabinets. So, uh, the Orlando Pirates caretaker coach Eric Tinkler says they're going to give it all to defend the title. Yeah, no, obviously this competition is also very important for us because obviously we're on a defend our title we're coming up a very good against a very very good team a good squad uh, with a lot of depth and uh, you know we're obviously going to have to be at our very best if we want to ensure that we get a, a result 
The Bucks made it into the tournament's round of 16 following their emphatic 4-0 win over an ABC Motepe League outfit, Tornado FC, while Matatanta handed Polokwane City a hefty 4-1 defeat to go through. The former Bufana Bufana midfielder says he's coping well with the pressure. You expect to win trophies and, and we demand that upon ourselves. So it's about me being able to uh, take that pressure and not show it too much to the players, the pressure that I feel. You know? It's only normal that you, you feel that pressure. The next match in the round of 16 starts at 8 tonight when Ajax Cape Town hosts Bloom Celtic. Tomorrow, Black Aces face Jomo Cosmos. Vasco da Gama come up against Maluti FET College and Chiefs welcome Black Leopards. On Sunday, Sundowns travel to the Peter Macabre Stadium to play Platinum Stars while Golden Arrows face Natal United. Champions League quarterfinal draw was also completed today. Holders Real Madrid will face city rivals Atletico in a repeat of last year's final. PSG and Barcelona were paired together having met in the group stages. Porto will face 2013 champions Bayern Munich repeated the 87 final which was won by the Portuguese side and Juventus take on Monaco. We'll get all the details from today's Absa Cape Epic with Jeff Ailiff in a few minutes time here on SAFM Sports Wrap and, and finally in some golf George Kutsia is on 6 under has a two stroke lead over Jakub van Sale heading into the weekend at the Investec Cup Charles Swartzel and Justin Harding are tied for third on 2 under. Defending champion Trevor Fisher Jr. is not having a great weekend he's a long way back. He shot a one over past 73 today. He's seven over for the tournament. Coming up next, we'll chat to Natalie Germanis. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the Aussies are through to the semi-finals. They'll face India at the SCG in the first of the semis. They overcame Pakistan today. Natalie Jaman has kept an eye on the action for us and she filed this report. Co-hosts Australia have booked their place in the semi-finals and they are the third team to advance to the next stage after South Africa and India have already booked their place in the final four. The last spots will belong to either the other hosts, New Zealand, or the unpredictable West Indies, who play at the Westpac Stadium in Wellington tomorrow. But today at the Adelaide Oval, Pakistan won the toss, chose to bat first, and in the end could only put on 213 all-out in 49.5 overs. They had a tough start and were 24 for 2 inside of 6 overs after they had lost the two openers pretty cheaply. But then Ms. Belhak and Harris Sahel came together for the third wicket partnership and rescued the innings somewhat, with Harris Sahel making 41 from 57 with four fours. Ms. Belhak made 34 from 59 with one four and two sixes. But that was the order of the day. A lot of the batsmen made starts. No one made the big score that Pakistan desperately needed. Umar Akmal made 20 from 25. So Maksud 29 from 44 with one four to his name. Shahid Afridi hit three fours and one six on his way to 23 of 21 deliveries. But it was nowhere near enough from the Pakistani batsmen. Josh Hazelwood, the man of the match, picked up four for 35 in 10 overs, which included a maiden. Mitchell Stark's 10 overs went for 40. He did bowl a maiden and picked up two wickets, which means he now has 18 wickets in the tournament and he sits on top of the leaderboard with regards to the wicket takers for the 2015 World Cup. Glenn Matwell took two for 43 in seven overs. James Faulkner finished the innings, taking one for 31 in his 7.5 overs, while Mitchell Johnson picked up one for 42 in the 10 overs that he bowled. In Australia's reply, they had a bit of an indifferent start, losing Aaron Finch early and David Warner making 24 from 23 with three fours. And all of a sudden, they found themselves three wickets down with 59 on the board in the 11th over at the fall of Michael Clark's wicket, who fell to Wahab Riaz. Wahab Riaz then went on to bowl one of the best spells of bowling of the tournament so far. 
He had Shane Watson all at sea. He bowled aggressively, short at Shane Watson, and very often had Watson in all sorts of trouble. He also nearly had him caught at fine leg. Shane Watson went on the pull shot, got a top edge, and Rod Ali at fine leg dropped a sitter. It should have been taken when Watson was on four, but in the end he survived and made an undefeated 64 from 66 with seven fours in one six. Glenn Maxwell was also dropped. He was on five at the time, and it was dropped at third man. And this time it was Sohail Khan, but it was also off the bowling of Wahab Riaz. Glenn Maxwell went on to make an undefeated 44 from 29 with five fours and two sixes. But earlier on, Steve Smith had rescued the innings when Australia were in a little bit of trouble at three wickets down. Steve Smith made 65 from 69 with seven fours to his name before he was LBW to Essen Adil. Wahabriaz's figures may look expensive on paper, but he bowled brilliantly. He just needed more support from the rest of the bowlers. Wahabriaz picked up two for 54 in his nine over. Soil Khan one for 57 in 7.5. Esan Adil took one for 31 in his five overs. Australia now advanced to the next stage. They will play their semi-final match against India, and that will be played on Thursday. Natalie Jamanis for SAFM Sport. It's that time of the year again when the South African Police Service recognizes and rewards top police achievers for going beyond the call of duty and showcasing service delivery excellence. We pick the best among the best whose commitment to ensuring a safe and secure country for all who live in South Africa stood out. We join all South Africans to say Siabonga, Donkey, Rialebucha. Thank you for keeping us safe and flying the SAPS flag high. For more information, visit saps.gov.za. It's the NetBank Cup weekend, Kiona. This Friday, catch Ajax Cape Town as they keep the ball rolling against Bloemfontein Celtic at Athlone Stadium at 8. Then on Saturday, Amazayoni are up against Jomo Cosmos at Mbombela Stadium. Vasco Nakama tackles Maluti FET College at Paro Park. Kickoff is at 3. At FNB Stadium, Kaiser Chiefs is at home against Black Leopards at 5.30. Tickets available at Coffee Tickets from 40 Red. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. Postbank is offering you safe and affordable banking. Get the Flexi, Aspire and Mzanzi debit cards that are for daily transactions and are acceptable at all Visa branded stores. Choose from their various products such as Smart Save accounts, Bakhotsi, Stockfile account, TermSave and TermSave Plus and earn competitive interest rates. For more info, visit your local post office branch or go to www.postoffice.co.za. The post office is a registered financial services provider. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap and earlier today the third of the quarterfinals at the ICC Cricket World Cup were, was decided. Co-hosts Australia up against Pakistan at the Adelaide Oval. We join now by Sias Dupasis. Sias, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. The Aussies uh, looked on paper like quite a comfortable win, but they were made to work hard for it. Most definitely, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think Wahab Rihaz really got things going. It was great to see the left-arm seamer storming in, giving the verbal. Even with the bat, he wasn't scared to give a bit of verbal back to Mitchell Stark at one point said, it's the white thing, mate. It's the white thing. So it was very interesting to see. But, you know, Pakistan really really tried hard, didn't they? But all got starts and then just couldn't fire. And unfortunately, 213 is never going to be enough against a side like Australia. And Steve Smith, a red-hot form. The guy seems to have this purple patch. This unbelievable more runs today, 65. And then Shane Watson with that uh, 64 not out, also contributing. So... Australia will be feeling good after this one, although I still think they've got a bit of a soft underbelly, to be quite honest. And I think 
up against India in the semi-final. They're up against it here. This is a tough one for them. India are playing great cricket, aren't they? They really are playing like they are comfortable. They're dictating the pace. They all look comfortable in their own roles, and they're playing the ball and not the man, which I think is quite interesting. So it's not against the team, but they're taking each delivery as it comes, and they're scoring runs, and guys you know, who aren't firing are suddenly firing, and uh, that's a good sign for any team they're looking to peak at the right time at the World Cup. You, you mentioned a soft underbelly on the Aussies, and I think Pakistan will be ruining some some mischances this morning. And, and any sort of uh, anybody who's played cricket at any level will tell you drop catches lose matches. And, and uh, Pakistan shelled a few today that that ended up costing them. I think Shane Watson was dropped on four. That was a biggie. Uh, and uh, Maxwell as well, I think, was also dropped. So if they had held on to those, it could have been a totally different story. No, most definitely. But we know Pakistan are not the best fielders in the world, are they? And they've always sort of lacked in that department. We know that they've got amazing, talented cricketers, but they seem to be uh, without any fielding practice. I mean, it's crazy to think that at a World Cup, you can't hold on to these chances. And I'm not taking anything away from the fielders in terms of the, the actual chances themselves, but you look at those opportunities, and they've got to be held at international level. And, and like you say, you know, it is, uh, if you drop a catch, you expect to pay for it, and especially against a guy like the big show of Glenn Maxwell. He's going to make you really, really. Um, he's going to make. He's going to punish you. Let's put it that way. He's going to punish you. He's going to make you cry at the end of the match. But yeah, Pakistan's fielding has left a lot to be desired. But there were times today when we saw Australia too. Mitchell Johnson picking up the ball and firing it at the stumps for for overthrows. So yeah, maybe the nerves are getting to Australia. I, I just feel that even though they're a quality side and they've got some quality players, maybe they're uh, maybe not the best Australian team that we've seen in the World Cup yet. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you mentioned uh, India sort of hitting their straps at the moment. Uh, I think a lot has been said about the Proteas in their quarterfinal and just what a clinical performance that was. If you look at those first two quarters compared to today, uh, there were absolutely no jitters from the Proteas in India where Australia did look like a side that were, were, were battling some demons in their minds. Yeah, maybe the pressure of, of being the co-hosts, you know, is getting to them and, and feeling that sort of pressure from their host nation or from their home fans. I'm not sure, but you know, at the end of the day, they're coming up against that Indian side that are so full of confidence. Uh, they're, they're the defending champions. They've won this before. You know, in Australia, you look at a few sort of players there and quite, not quite firing Aaron Finch at the top of the order. Question mark there. David Warner is, a, is hit or miss. When he hits, he's uh, incredible. But also, you know, a guy that hasn't consistently scored runs for Australia, even though he's been devastating at times. It hasn't been quite consistent. But their bowling department is their strength, in my opinion. You look at those left-arm seamers bowling at 145 kicks per hour. You know, they really are fantastic, the three of them. And uh, to think that, you know, Australia and their bowling department and fielding department are outstanding, but it's the batting where there are a few sort of question marks. So I think jittery going into the one against India, and I back India to beat them, actually. I think if uh, India get it right, which they've been doing this whole tournament, they could knock Australia out in the semifinals, uh, despite that woeful sort of try series that they had against Australia. It was incredible to see how they've turned their form around. But uh, it's all about New Zealand, West Indies for South Africa because a lot of the old players, the greats, the legends like BC Lara are predicting an upset. I mean, can you imagine New Zealand being beaten in the quarterfinal by the West Indies, a team that we never thought would even reach the quarterfinals at one stage? But but that's the funny thing. Yes, the West Indies have got uh, a guy like Chris Gale who can 
single-handedly win a one-day international. He's done it against us. He's done it against other opposition as well. The Black Caps started off this tournament like a house on fire. They've had a couple of, of performances in this tournament where, where if you think of the game against Australia, they were under pressure. They bowled fantastically well and nearly threw it away with, with a batting performance. Their last pool game as well, they stuttered a bit. It's, it's almost, I get the feeling that they, they also starting to lose a bit of momentum. Tomorrow's game's going to be fantastic and whoever we play in, in the semi-final, both those teams have been a bit of a bogey side for us at World Cups. We've lost to both of them at crucial stages in previous World Cups. We have indeed. Uh, who'll forget 2011 with Faf losing his cool against the Black Caps. And of course the West Indies have also upset South Africa. But I think South Africa have learned some really valuable lessons from those two performances. And if I was the West Indies or New Zealand, I'd be very worried to be playing a South Africa side that looks like they're starting to peak at just the right time. You know, they look clinical. It was a near-perfect performance from South Africa. If they can emulate that well, that remains to be seen. But at the end of the day, it's given us massive, massive confidence. So I think South Africa will be a very dangerous side, and I think they'd love to beat the Black Caps in New Zealand and then go across to Australia. And uh, if they meet Australia in the final, beat Australia in the final. That will be the cherry on the cake, won't it, just to uh, wrap up the World Cup and prove that we are the best side at the World Cup at this stage. But... Still, two more games to get through for South Africa, so a lot can happen between now and that uh, World Cup final. Yep, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. Sunday, the twenty eighth of March, MCG. I'd love to beat the Aussies. See us. Thank you very much for your time this evening. We look forward to catching up again soon. Enjoy tomorrow's uh, last quarter final, and we'll chat again soon. All right, thanks, Brad. Much appreciated, and uh, chat soon. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown, and it was a fantastic victory for the Emirates Lions. Uh, today, their second win on tour, two out of three. It's fantastic. And we're joined now by the president of uh, the Lions Rugby Union, Kevin DeClaire. Kevin, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. You guys must be, must be particularly chuffed, particularly after this morning's win. Absolutely elated. And firstly, thank you. It's a privilege for me to talk to you there and your listeners as well. Uh, completely elated. It's, uh, it's uh, been a... A most most outstanding day for us, um, starting off by winning that, that game uh, this morning, and we also managed to 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 down the Bulls in the Vodacom this afternoon. So yes, all around a very good game today for us at the moment. It's been a, it's been a fabulous day at the Lions. Kevin, let's talk about that win uh, this morning against uh, the Melbourne Rebels, thirteen nil down at one stage. It just showed great character to come back from that. You know, really, it's something that we've been working on for a couple of years. Just to to um, rejuvenate the spirit amongst the young guys and, and uh, they really, really showed great, great character there today. I think an unfortunate incident at the beginning of the end, they got Franco Mostert sent off. And, you know, invariably, if you get sent off at this level against that competition, you will you will sacrifice two tries, which in fact happened. So then it was a slow climb back into the game. And, you know, after the halftime whistle in the second half, there was, there was no doubt in our minds you know, that we would ultimately pull this off. But, you know, they left it dry up until the last five minutes and, and, and showed, showed great courage and, and great, great character to do that. This side of ours uh, certainly, certainly does have that. I've often referred to us as a side with a, that has a no-name brand, no big names, but, but great spirit, great camaraderie um, right throughout the union that's, that's culminated in these successes. The two wins on tour is, is, is a heck of an achievement, I think, I think if you look at the whole spectrum of SA15, any sides winning two games overseas is, 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 is excellent. Uh, I feel very positive about the one coming up against the Reds that we um, 
it could, could take that one as well. But it's, it's never done till it's done. But we remain very hopeful. But um, we're immensely elated. Thank you, Billy. You, you say you don't want to. Uh, you're a, you're a no-name brand squ- uh, squad, so to speak, and and uh, sort of no big names. But uh, I hate to single players out, but a guy like Warren Whiteley today was was just unbelievable. I mean, he put his body on the line. He just showed immense courage, and and he led that team unbelievably well. I think the tackle count. I think he made 25 tackles in the game, which is just unheard of. And and you could see after the game just the relief and 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 the amount of pride he 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 showed for for the youngsters around him. And and he led really by example today. Well, that's where it all starts, I suppose. That Brad, in, in all aspects of life, is the leadership. Um, I think he, he's been under a bit of pressure the last couple of games because of the losses that, that we have had. But but certainly the side have an immense respect for him. And they will follow a leader like like, like Wilder Whiting. But then you've got Derek Minnie, you've got Jakob Krill, Warwick Tecklenburg, uh, Franco Mostert, um, you've got uh, Robbie Kutsia, Ponamara, um, Little Fafi de Klack. In all, very inspirational young players that, that together as a collective as part of that camaraderie that lifts everybody. But it begins with your captain, and he's really performed very well today. That's, that's what uh, certainly made it for us, Brad, and we, we, we give all praise and, 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 and uh, respect for him for doing that for us. Given the first three games of the season at home, uh, struggled a bit and, and, and uh, some tough opposition to these two wins on tour. You mentioned the Reds game as well, and you don't want to count chickens before the hatch, but the Reds are, are struggling this season too, and, and uh, I yeah. think the squad will definitely fancy themselves in, in that one. But how much, how much of a difference will it be coming back home, having lost three games here, gone overseas and won at least two on tour? Do, do you think that, that, that the squad can really turn their season around now? And, and I don't know if a, if a playoff spot's still, still on the card, but uh, that fancy picking up a few wins at home. Absolutely, Brady. I think if you look at look at the, the Hurricanes to start off with, it's a game that we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory from. We should have actually won that game. Uh, uh, the Sharks did, did hammer us on the day. I, we do acknowledge that. We tried our junior front row to kick off with, and I think the, the Duplessis brothers just cleaned us, cleaned the youngsters up. And by the time we brought our senior front row on, it was too late. We'd lost the momentum. I think we all agree that, you know, that loss to the Stormers by three points where, where Manisi went over the line and unfortunately the ball was tackled out of his hands was another game that we should have won. So let's say there were two games there that possibly we should have also also pulled off but did not happen. But it gives us, we come back with, with a, great amount of, a great amount of momentum and it's lifted the entire unit, it's lifted everybody as, as to... to People started to take the lines a bit more serious, I suppose, Ben, if I can say that, you know. Um, we've been the minnows for a couple of years now. We've got to shake that tag in our, in our makeup and, and show that we, you know, we went ourselves in this competition, which is a very, very tough competition, especially going away to win the bit. Just to answer your question, it's going to give us immense momentum with them coming back. And we look to, to close up the game today. As far as you, you and I come on, uh, sort of coaching that squad, he's also been, been immense with working with these youngsters and just uh, sort of breeding some belief into them that they, they can play and, and can win at this level. It's, it's absolutely no, no doubt about that, Betty. But as I say, it's a collective. Um, there's a lot of people throughout the union doing great work that's, that's creating that field uh, for, for which they, 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 they can express their, their talents and, and growth. I think stability is a big factor. You know, we... We, we, we worked through a number of issues over the last couple of years and we, we've established a good platform and structures uh, for, the, for the entire union and side to perform. 
But it ultimately goes about that shop window, as, as you are referring to. The shop window is your super fitting side and your caricat side. We all, all cumulatively are, are, are striving to, to, to make them the kind of dynamic that, that needs to be for this, this tough competition. And we're immensely proud of them. And it's becoming a good, strong brand again. I had the privilege of playing for, for, for the Lions, and I've won a probably one of the greatest wings to play South Africa sitting here with me, Sid Namus. Uh, there's, there's an immense, immense amount of, of, of character and, and, and uh, legacy in this union that that, um, that 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 needs to be extolled and to continue to be to, to be continued with along the line, Betty. Kevin O'Clark, president of the Lions uh, Rugby Union. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, and uh, congratulations once on the win, uh, once again on the winner. Let's hope we can do another one next week against the Reds. It's just my privilege, really. Lovely talking to you and to your listeners, and a good evening to you. SAFM Sports Wrap. From Cape Town to Messina, if you've got a parcel to send, Speed Services has you covered. For just 69 Rand, you can send a package of up to 1.5 kilograms to any corner of South Africa with effect from 1st of March until the 31st of March 2015 at any post office counter to counter. Call the customer care line on 0860 023 133 or visit speedservices.co.za for more. Terms and conditions apply. Speed Services Couriers, the shortest distance between two points. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and we're heading into the weekend, which means the conclusion of the 2015 Absa Cape Epic is night. was stage five today, and joining us uh, live on the show this evening is Jeff Ailiff. Jeff, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. We're heading uh, into the final sort of stages. Today was the last big, long stage, uh, and it looks like Christoph Sauser has, has got one hand, I don't want to jinx it, but one hand on uh, the winner's trophy, a record fifth title within his, within his reach. It's certainly looking like that, Brad. Um, you know, he's tightening the screws uh, with every stage. Uh, the Sousa Cool Harvey combination, of course, taking that uh, stage win, as you correctly said. And their lead to Topic Ergon is now over 10 minutes. And uh, second today, Cole Platt and Urs Huber, uh, followed by uh, Reddy Blend, Darren Law, and Waylon Wilcox. So South Africans on the podium again. But uh, as you correctly said, it, it's um, that. Uh, the Czech Express, as we've now come to call him, uh, Yaroslav Kulhavi, and he's he's the man that's dictating the pace at the front. Christoph Sanzo sitting on his wheel. I think the tactical mind in the team. Um, but we know the absolute epic. He's 10 minutes ahead, and he was very adamant when I interviewed him after the stage that... Uh, you know that anything can uh, can happen, and they're not taking anything for granted. Yeah, today was was the last of the big long stages. Uh, two two more stages left as tomorrow, and then there's obviously uh, the final stage on on Sunday. But often it, it's it's this that could lull them into a false sense of security, thinking you know what the hard work's done now, we can relax a bit. We've got a ten minute buffer. But uh, I mean, you get a puncture, a serious mechanical. That ten minutes can go by really fast. Absolutely. Tomorrow's stage, Wellington to Wellington at 71 kilometers, 2,000 meters of climbing. But uh, of more interest, Brad, is it's, it's more than 30 kilometers off tomorrow's stage is single track, and it's technical single track. There's a lot of up and a lot of down. So in other words, concentration is going to be key, and um, concentration when you've been riding this hard for this long, these guys are starting to get tired. So it's, it's critical that they keep absolutely focused tomorrow and don't make any mistakes. And just by way of an example, you know, we, we're looking at the women's team. They're so far ahead. But an example of how quickly things change, um, there was a huge pileup in the lead batch just shortly off the start this morning, about a kilometre and a half away from the start. Uh, there was a massive pileup involving one half of, of the lead group. 
nobody was injured. The guys got back onto their bikes, but um, that's just something relatively um, unexpected like that can can sort of deal a blow. So no, nobody's going to be taking anything for granted over tomorrow's stage. Let's touch on the ladies' race. Uh, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. They could practically walk one of the final two stages and still win it. Absolutely. Um, but having said that, uh, you know, it was in fact um, Annika that told me about that incident on the start line and they were on the right-hand group and they, they just barely missed it. Um, uh, you know, she said they didn't want to get involved with any, any, any of that sort of stuff. They're now over 53 minutes ahead of Ascender's Health. Their lead is absolutely huge. Um, the interesting thing is uh, Ariane is really, really tired. You know, she, she said to me shortly after the finish today that for the first time in, in this, uh, this week, she is really starting to feel uh, the week and she's, she's starting to feel exhausted. Um, but I think Annika is still really looking strong and feeling strong. And I think they, they alternate in terms of who's, who's feeling, uh, you know, the, the, the strength and the, has the good legs on the day. But um, I think their plan is just to, um, to consolidate their lead and, and just take it really easy and, and avoid any mistakes, as we've been saying. One thing I love about the Absa Cape Epic, Jeff, is that there's always races within the race. We, we obviously talk a lot about the elite men's and ladies, also the mixed category, but there are a couple of other jerseys and, and, and prizes up for grabs, and I know there's, there's some serious competition going on for, for that African jersey and also in the, in the Masters category. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely, the the African uh, the Absa African jersey. In fact, uh, two days ago, belonged was taken by Ready Blend uh, Darren Lill and Waylon Wilcock. Yesterday, a fantastic breakaway from Scott Factory Racing, uh, Philip Bass and Matthias Lucas. Um, they managed to regain that jersey, and uh, I've been really impressed with Darren Lill. He's been riding like an absolute star for this uh, this race. Well, they put in another huge effort today. Um, they were on the podium in third place, and believe it or not, they've taken that that jersey back. So the African jersey, certainly probably the, the, the race within the race at the moment, and it is now belongs to, to Darren Mill, Waylon Wilcock, and uh, they have got uh, not a lot of time over Scott Factory Racing, uh, Philip Bass and Matthias Bukas. And as you correctly said, the Masters jersey, that is just an absolute ding-dong battle. Ironically, uh, the, the Dorma Robert Daniel team of uh, Nico Fitzmaier and Rob Sim have won four stages of this epic, but they are still in second place. Um, Betchen, Superior, Bart Brenchens, and Abrao Azevedo, um, these guys have been trading punches kilometer by kilometer, and they've been finishing in sprint finishes almost every day, just seconds apart. It was just one stage that, uh, that Rob and, um, and Nico had a bad stage, and that's where that, that gap was just allowed to go to, to just under a minute or just slightly over a minute. But otherwise, these guys have been fighting and following each other's footsteps and trading blow, uh, trading blows stage by stage, and it's been incredible. And that's the excitement, uh, those two categories. Jeff Ayler, thank you very much for that. We'll chat again tomorrow throughout the afternoon on SAFM Sports Special. We'll wrap things up this weekend on Sunday. Can Christoph Sauser win a record fifth title? It's incredible. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. We'll chat tomorrow. Thanks, Brad. Look forward to it. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. We're back again tomorrow for SAFM Sports Special at 3. The news is up next, followed by the Friday edition.